Father, we do, uh, we lift up our youth and thank you, God, that we can, we can do a camp. Thank you that they can uh, take this time, get away, join with other uh, uh, fellowships and come together and, and, Lord, worship you, learn more about you, and fall more in love with you. Touch those hearts, God. Work in those, in those young people and, and just raise them up to be strong. And we pray for the leaders. We pray they would be blessed. They would be uh, encouragers. They would uh, just get the rest they need and, and be able to be there. Be with Pastor Bobby as he's putting all of this together. Bless him as he uh, orchestrates everything. I know he's been working for months on this. And, and just, uh, Lord, flow through him and let this be a blessed time. And God, today as we, as we just... Uh, uh, find out what's going on in France and the world and, and Lord, through uh, missionaries that we support, I do pray that this would be a blessing. And I pray that if there's anyone here today kind of contemplating maybe going on a mission field, that this would be a turning point in their life. It'd be, it'd be a time where you touch them and move in them. So, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, hey, this morning, something a little bit different. I'm going to interview Mike and Becky Dente. They're from Paris, France. A lot of you have maybe seen an interview we've done before. Some of you don't know them at all. So we're going to kind of combine and, and get to know them again and be blessed. We've been working with Mike and Becky for 24 years so it you know, blows my mind how time flies, and it's been great to be part of their ministry and watch what God is doing, and I'm blessed. I'm blessed that they stop by and visit us every once in a while, and we can just talk to them and find out more about them. So Mike and Becky, if you want to come up. So we rehearsed this last night, so we know what we're doing, right? I changed all the questions. So, no, I didn't. Go ahead. So, good to have you guys again. I'm blessed. I'm blessed that you guys stopped by and talked to us. Yeah, it's so good. Did you turn your mic on? I did. Yeah, you sure? Does it work? Yeah. Okay, I hear you. So, good job. So, yeah, thank you guys so much. And, you know, I, I always ask you how old Abby is because that's when we, that when I met Mike and Becky, they had come to... Uh, back to Bisbee, but the church on Hereford Road to uh, have a baby. Yeah. So how cool. So, you know, let's kind of start. I like, let's start at the beginning because some people know you, some people don't. So I'm sure that from the moment you were born, you wanted to be a missionary. Yeah, huh? Yeah. No. No? Really? (laughs) I am shocked. No. So, (laughs) So how did it start? Where did we start with? Well... Um, my plan for my life was to be a rock star. And your mic's not your on. Mic's not on. Oh. Ooh, my mic's working and not yours. Uh, is it working now? Working. Oh. It says RF mic off. Oh, you muted it. You held it too long. Oh, did I? Sorry. So okay. I'll just tell you about Mike. Yes. No. No, no. No, he's on. All he right, put it on RF mute. <laughs> Thank you. Man, the man behind the door. So anyway. <laughs> okay, so since birth, you wanted to be a missionary. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. No. <laughs> no, no. no I, my plan for my life was to be a rock star. And um, the Lord had to intervene 
into that. And actually, no, we, uh, to be serious, we, I was doing um, uh, kind of a, a Christian rock group, you know, we were doing our, our thing, and the Lord really... He was doing really well. He was on a label, mm. iTunes, everything. We fun. Well. Yeah. yeah. But we, um, it's just the Lord had really impressed on my heart that that wasn't what he wanted me to do, you know? And, um, and that really kind of led me to a place of, um, of just total brokenness, you know, that, that idea of, um, you know, where he just pulls out the rug and, and what you think is the direction you're going to go really isn't the direction you're going to go. And it just led us to that um, soul-searching moment of, you know, okay, Lord, what do you want for our life? And, mm-hmm. you know, complete uh, renewal, I think. And then about two weeks later, uh, this is when the idea first came into mind. After church service, uh, a friend of ours invited us to IHOP, and he invited us and then another couple who uh, refused the offer uh, to come out with him to Nice because uh, the Pierre and Nancy Petrignani were looking for a young couple at the time to help with the children and to help with the music ministry, the worship, and pretty much everything else. Yeah. The funny thing is the other couple ended up being missionaries in Leipzig, Germany. In where? In Leipzig, Germany. Okay. And they just did, uh, Mike and um, Kurt Ibbotson ended up just going to Poland to do a mission work kit for the Ukrainian refugees. Mm-hmm. But we've known them since mm-hmm. um, the right early 90s. That's yeah. yeah, so it's interesting. They, did they go to Germany right away or? About a year after we left. They, um, yeah, it was really funny because when the offer was, uh, was uh, put out there, Kurt, who has, he's always known that he wants to be a missionary. His, his dad was a missionary before him, and so uh, they have quite a history there. And he just laughed and said, no, there's no way I'm going to France. I know yeah. the Lord's called me to Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so as, you, as you're called, Becky, you were totally on board? Um, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> well, the idea of serving the Lord and following the Lord, I was on board with that. But the idea of leaving um, my support network and my church, who I loved, um, uh, that I wasn't you know, very excited about. I, I really loved my church. I loved my um, community back in the States, and um, it was really hard for me to um, <clears throat> leave this place where I was finally felt accepted and um, uh, loved and, um, you know, where I was, th- I was thriving. It's not like I was not doing well in Seattle, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll try out somewhere else and see if I'm doing okay, if I do okay there, you know, and so, um, when, you know, we get this offer, at first we thought, oh, okay, well, this, you know, maybe. <laughs> and then, you know, the Lord's definitely calling Mike. And so I'd say, okay, maybe, you know, this is from the Lord. And then I think, but I can't leave Seattle. I love Seattle. And then I think, but the Lord's calling me, but I can't leave Seattle. And so Mike's like, uh, you, you can't, we can't live on a roller coaster, Becky. You have to take a week and fast and pray and know for sure where the Lord's calling you because you can't live like this and I can't live with you being like this. And so I took a week and fasted and prayed 
And during that time, the Lord really showed me that um, if the Lord's calling my husband, he's definitely calling me too, because why would he call him and not me? That just makes no sense. And so, and after that, I had so much peace, even during the hard times, um, that um, uh, the Lord was in it. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that's kind of the hard thing for sometimes for wives is mm-hmm. maybe the husband feels called in a direction and, and for the wife to go, uh, not really. Yeah. So it's good. And, and the Lord, you know, working in you, changing you and moving you. So you guys originally went with uh, 24 years ago mm. or 25 maybe 25 ago, with a, a little longer with an 18-month yeah. commitment. Right. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you kept your commitment. Thank you, yeah. We did, yeah. we did. Right? We're in the 17th month now? <laughs> Maybe, about, no, about the 15th. you got some time to go. You're so. Uh, so good at math, right? <laughs> so, so you did that, and uh, you end up in Nice, France. Mm. So you went to the Riviera. How tough. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I know, I, and I'm doing that because the first time we came and visited you guys, people, I said, hey, we're going to go visit some missionaries, and we're going to Nice, and people go, oh, it must be tough, you know? <laughs> well, I didn't know where Nice was. I was just, I knew you guys, and I wanted to go see you. So, yeah. you guys said you kind of got the same little kind of uh, hassling about going to the Riviera. Yes, and, and the same thing when we went out to Paris as well. And I think what uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't realize is, you know, France is a, um, it's a country about the size of Texas. There's uh, 66 million people that live there. And in the, uh, the Paris area, you know, the metropolitan area, there's about 13 million uh, of the population. And so of that, you could say the average is about one church, a Protestant evangelical church, for every 33,000 people. So um, that would be like, you know, in the um, population of Sierra Vista, so there would be probably Calvary, and then maybe a home Bible school. Maybe study. a half a church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So you go to Nice, get a little bit of, oh, yeah, and I, you know, what I think is fascinating is when the Lord calls us, it's not like you look at a map and go, here's where I want to go. No. Right. right. You just got this thing, hey, go to Nice. And I think you said the same thing. You hadn't even looked it up. No. no. Yeah. So go to Nice and you go and immediately you fall right into the culture and things are smooth <laughs> and easy. And, uh, and because it's France. I mean, come <laughs> well, on. Yeah, it's, of course. Yeah, no, no, it's not it at all. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of culture shock. Yeah, quite a bit, actually, yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, I think I, when I left, um, we were young and, you know, very idealistic. And, and I had two years of high school French, so, you know, I thought I had it under control. And Becky, you had... I had four years, and I was a straight-A student, and I was tutored for a year, and dogs spoke better French than I did. (laughs) It was really terrible. And I felt like I had this bubble of isolation Mm -hmm. between me and everyone around me for that first year. And it was probably the loneliest year of my life. 
Um, mm -hmm. But the Lord spoke to me during that year in a way that um, I, I wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah. Um, it was lonely and it was hard and it was, it was very difficult, but, um, but it was very edifying. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I felt like we really had to get our, um, in, in French, you say, uh, like, you, you touch your feet on the, on the, like, when you're swimming, you know, you touch your feet on the, on the um, bottom of the pool. That's what it felt like. You know, like, we're dog paddling, you know, yeah. trying to, and it took a while to be able to get our ground, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the first things that really had to happen is you had to learn to um, feed ourselves spiritually, you know, to be able to have a true... Um, you know, quiet times and meditations and times of prayer without all of the, the voices of the good teachers that we heard, you know, mm -hmm. great Christian radio, great teachers, and that, that whole environment where, you know, we, at the time, before we left, we were, you know, either at church or in Bible study or in fellowship pretty much every night of the week, you know. Yeah. And so to come from that to a place of just pure quiet, um, was, was very different. Because the church in Nice um, was held in Pierre's home when mm. we moved there. And um, when we say we were sent to do the children's ministry, it was two children in Pierre's kitchen. Mm. So yeah. that's the context of, mm. yeah. So a mega church. It right. was a mega church. So. Well, they had a massive apartment, too. I mean, the Lord yeah, I provided that apartment. Yeah, yeah it, was it was beautiful. Yeah. Perfect for a church meeting. Yeah. And so you're doing that. So you're kind of isolated, trying to learn the language. And mm -hmm. I like what you said last night about the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that people spoke to their dogs and they under the dogs understood. Yeah. And you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was very humbling. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, when you realize that animals understand better than you do, mm -hmm. there's nothing more humbling than yeah. that. You know. <laughs> so, so Gaynell was telling me last night after we had our conversation, what about the time you went to the market, or I guess in the beginning you would go to the market mm -hmm. and get ripped off? Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. Yeah. One time I went to the market, well, this happened a lot, I'd go to the market, and one time we had barely any money left, well a lot of times we had barely any money left, one time especially. And this lady just ripped me off, and I didn't have the French to say to her that she was ripping me off, and I just knew that she was. And then I went home, and I don't think that people should do this in general, but I went home, and I just prayed, and I was like, Lord, you know that she's ripping off foreigners, and you know that um, she's taking advantage of me because I can't say the words that need to be said to stand up for myself. And you know that she just took all my money and I didn't have the words to say that needed to be said. And so I need you to be my defense. And I need, sorry, I just get choked up when I say this. I haven't thought about this for a while. But you know, um, you're the defender of the, um, the foreigner. And um, I need you to be my defender. <clears throat> and then, from then on, whenever I would go past her market stand, no one would be there. And um, it was just always empty, and then she just left. 
You killed her business. I killed her business. <laughs> prayer. So the Lord stands up for the foreigner. That's right. So there we go. Was she the so, only one who ripped you off? Well, no, other but people was, did, but she's yeah. just the only one that I like really. I just, it was just like the last of our money. And mm. she just took it, and I just didn't have the words to say anything. And I just thought, how many people has she done this to? Wow. You know, how many times has she taken from people and how many, you know, it was just one of those times when I, I, I think the Lord just inspired me because I, I never pray that way, you know. I mean, one time I prayed a guy out of the church because I knew that he something was very wrong with him. But the Lord, anyways, I probably shouldn't say this on Sunday morning. But. <laughs> I remember when we visited you guys, Gaynell and I were staying at a hotel Mm. And we would stop at this little bakery mm. to get a baguette and something for breakfast. And I felt like a, like a six-year-old because I would just put money in my hand and hold it out. <laughs> yeah. They, they would just, and the, I, I don't know if they were ripping me off or not mm. because I, I didn't speak French and they didn't have like a cash register where you could yeah. see how much. Yeah. So they would tell me how much and I would go. <laughs> yeah. Most people are honest, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, th yeah. I think we did okay. Yeah. yeah. And we did it like for four and five mornings in a row. So if they doubled the price, it's all right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't pray them out of business. No. <laughs> but I knew how much it was. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that, just that story, though, yes. kind of, to me, demonstrates the isolation you feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how long did you kind of live with that, like you're saying, lonely and kind of isolated yeah. in that way? Yeah, it... it, it Definitely lasted the first couple of years, you know. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, we couldn't just call home. You'd have to go to a payphone, you know, and call home that way. And then, you know, a you lot of... You didn't have cell <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> the correspondence was mostly by written letter. Really? Yeah. yeah. We used to send out our emails, our, our monthly newsletters that yeah, way, too. that's true. Yeah. For me, it was really the first year was the really bubble of isolation, mm -hmm. where I couldn't understand what people were saying on the street around me. And, um, and then that, I, after the first year, I could understand what people were saying around me. Yeah. So, Mike, you're going to university mm. while you're there. Becky, you're on the streets. <laughs> doing, doing marketing. Yeah. 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 Who yeah. learned French fastest? Definitely she did. Yeah. yeah. But he learned French better. He learned French better, but yeah. you learned street French. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, you had to communicate, and that's kind of yeah. a, I think that's a good uh, example on you want to learn the language, you got to get with the people. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. He also talked to people. Yes. Well, yeah, yes. I know. Yeah. I know he wasn't yeah. isolated. Yeah. yeah, no. No, I, I just learned differently, too. And um, that was also how we got our visa for a while. You know? yes. Yeah, I knew that. The, your, your visa was because you were a student. Yeah. Yeah. And so it actually worked out good. I mean, I'd share, and uh, we'd work things out that way. Yeah. But um, no, it's true that because you naturally talk more, you know, with people. And, I mean, <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's just true. Yeah, yeah it is true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I mean, bringing that up—that's a good. That's something to touch on a bit. So I think sometimes we think I'll just walk in a foreign country and do whatever. Mm. But you have to get permission to stay. Yes. So like you had to get a visa, right? Yes. Mm. So what? kind of talk through that process, because yeah. like, I think that's something interesting. It was interesting, because when we first went, um, 
you know, it was very at the beginning of uh, the EU beginning to um, open up the borders and a lot of things were happening. So our first year out, we were trying to do the, um, where you could go for three months and you go into another, a foreign country and then you get your passport stamp and you come back. By the time we came back the second year, that was no longer possible. And mm -hmm. we got, um, that's when I got a student visa to come back. And so it required a lot of paperwork and a lot of prayer, actually, because it was, um, you know, they, they asked for documents that we just didn't have. And, um, and so we had to uh, do the best we could and present them. And then it also allowed us to see a side of France that we wouldn't have seen otherwise, which oh. is the administrative thing. It's funny because at, at the time, a lot of things were very old. Uh, and the way that they did them, you know, a, a lot of these laws go really far back, you know. Napoleonic. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and today, the the system is is so much easier. Everything is you know digitized, and and it's it's nothing like what it used to be before. But um, you'd have to go, you have to stand in these long lines, and they'd only serve like the first fifty people, and everybody else have to go home, you know, all of these kinds of things. And so, but it was also a really good uh, schooling, if you will, of uh, culture, you know, because mm. every French person has to live with their administration, you mm. know, just like we do here. It would be like anybody wanting to come to America, uh, sooner or later would have to deal with the, the DMV. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just even visa process. And, mm -hmm. yeah. So how, what, how are you guys in the country now? Uh, now we have a, a residence card, which is, it, it's like the green card, you know, the equivalent. It's uh, renewable every 10 years. I can work, um, do anything I want, actually. Um, except vote. Except vote, yeah. 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 Uh, pay taxes, of course. Oh, you get to pay taxes? <laughs> oh, I get to pay taxes. Oh, yes, absolutely. We get to it's pay part taxes. of the, you know, the Yeah, counter. that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but your children mm -hmm. are... French citizens? Mm. Yes, yes. So our two oldest, have, um, they, they've obtained theirs. And then um, that's actually something that we need to do when we get back is finish the paperwork for Dave and Sophie. OK, so they're, they're, what, what are they right now? So what are, they're American they're, citizens. Yeah. So okay. the deal is you have uh, the, what do you call this? The, if you're born on French soil, then you have the right to obtain um, French citizenship after you've proven that you've been um, socialized. Socialized like meaning. Like integrated, yeah, integrated into, into the country. Yeah. So, socialized. But Abby was yeah, born sorry. here. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Abby was born here. True, but she did all her schooling in France. Okay, so then she could do it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so those guys all have dual, well, they will mm -hmm. have. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's just a, um, it's like a, just a procedure, like corpus. In fact, when we did it for Emma, it was so funny because it was over before we even knew it. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy like was... a three-month process. Yeah. And we went in. He's like, okay, sign these papers, sign these papers. And I'm like, okay, raise your hand. And then, you know, like, you know, uh, did this, you know, um, I swear not to be a criminal and, you know, all this kind of thing. And um, okay, sign here. And then there it was. And he's like, okay, you're French You're French. Now. All right, so went down, yeah. kind of went down a rabbit trail, but not Sorry. back. Okay. So we're in these, uh -huh. you're serving, uh -huh. and then you felt a call to leave Nice? Was it just to leave Nice? Well, no. It was, no. It was, no, but I mean, yeah. you felt a call to go yeah. out, 
But did you have a specific in the beginning, a specific uh, target? In the beginning, it was uh, we felt the call to church plants somewhere else in France. Yeah. And um, but we didn't know where. And you were there five years. Five years. Yeah. And so. How come Paris? Well, about year three, we knew that the Lord had really called us to plant a church. By then, uh, there was only one Calvary in all of France. And uh, Pierre would often joke that every time we had a staff meeting, that was the Calvary Chapel France meeting. Yeah. And, uh, and it was funny, you know, we'd get calls um, oftentimes from, or he would get calls and emails uh, asking people, asking them, you know, which part of, uh, which neighborhood in Paris was Nice in, and you know yeah. things like this, and and uh, you know there's just a lot of interest, um, a lot of uh, French uh, people that had settled in America, and um, you know desiring that there be a Calvary planted. Anyway, the it, it just became obvious uh, that there was a need, and then we we really sought the Lord, and and we felt that conviction that we were to go, and so then uh, you know talking about it with Pierre. There was, you know, a time where we would go on our days off and we'd just go up and down the coast because we thought the most, you know, the, the obvious thing to do would be to stay close. And so we'd just pray over each city and just see where the Lord would have us. And so you slowly came up with, he slowly guided you to Paris? Yeah, I think it really came to a point um, where we had a, a really funny conversation well, one time, um, people would always go to Paris. We'd have young couples that would go there, and then they'd end up getting engaged and then go back to the States, or um, they'd go for a little bit of time and then get discouraged and leave. And, um, and then one day, um, we were talking about this with Nancy, and she, um, she knew we were praying about where to go, and she said, well, what would it take for the Lord to call you to Paris? And we were like, we don't want to go to Paris. I mean, who wants to go to Paris? It's dirty. You know, I mean, you guys should go to Paris, obviously. But, you know, that's how French people view Paris is like how Americans view New York. You know, who wants to go to New York, honestly? I mean, go to New York, obviously, because, you know. But, I mean, most people don't really want to go there unless they have to go there. But, no, we love it. We really love it. But um, at the time, why would you leave? I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to make all my Parisian people <laughs> mad by what I just said. But at the time, that's how you know, we saw it is, no, I mean, honestly. But then the Lord convicted us you know, for yeah. that. And, and we started honestly praying about it. And then Mike um, took a... a prayerful trip for a week up there and stayed in a mutual friend of ours apartment and she stayed somewhere else and she's now the children's minister at Calvary Chapel Paris <clears throat> and um, and just went through each um, Paris um, this center of Paris is divided up into 20 quarters and um, he went through each quarter and just prayed over it and, um, and really uh, prayed over it and sought the Lord and just really took the time to just see, you know, is the Lord calling me here, you know, calling us here, mm -hmm. you know, is, and I was, you know, we had two small children at the time and um, her apartment is eight square yards, so there's no way you could bring four 
yeah. people there, you know? So I don't know if you do square yards here, but that's how they do it in France. But um, so I diverge. But um, so he went up there and prayed over each area and mm -hmm. to see if the Lord was calling us there. Yeah, and it was, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a process, honestly, uh, talking with uh, people and um, also getting a lot of uh, input from, from others as well. We first thought we would go out at year four mm -hmm. and we realized that we just weren't prepared. And so we had to, you know, wait another year. And we're actually glad we did because that would have been um, September 2001. Yeah. You know, September. Mm. Could you imagine church planning? Church planning in September 11th would have just been a horror. Yeah. Um, but as the Lord had it, we, we waited that extra year. And, and during that time, you know, I think we grew a lot. <coughs> When it became real, I think, was that trip up to, to Paris. And there was a special moment when it became very real. When at the end of my trip, I was just very tired and I went up on Montmartre. That was the last um, district that I went up to. And I was just looking, and if you've ever been to Paris or if you haven't, it's this little hill, um, you know, little compared to the mountains you have here. Uh, and you, you can still, though, look out over the in, entire city and it's just, you know, urban sprawl as far as the eye can see. And I was cold and I was tired and I thought, I am absolutely insane. This is just not going to happen. <laughs> also, the, the price of living at that time felt like it was double what it was in Nice and it just seemed impossible. And so there's a beautiful, church, cathedral right there. And I went inside to get warm. And it was in that moment when the Lord began to really work on my heart. And all of those verses that he'd been using to encourage me over the past year, that this really was from him, began to come up. And it was like this conversation I was having with him, you know, where I was like, you know, well, Lord, you know that I can, you know, barely afford where we're living now. How can I live? Here and it'd be like, you know, all the gold is mine, all the silver is mine. And I'm like, okay, but I know, how am I gonna, um, you know, how am I gonna do this? You know, I don't have any strength for this, you know? And he's like, you know, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. You know, it's just, sorry, I don't know why it just really hit me. <laughs> It's like I was right there, dude. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, and so when I came back and I just knew that I knew that this is, this is real. Good. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, you know, an important aspect of that is when we go out and do anything, I, you know, in ministry. And we talk about, yeah, the Lord spoke to me. And like just now it became real mm. and stuff. But there's still that element of faith. Absolutely. Of, of trusting the Lord and, and stepping out. And I think that's something we all need to realize. I know when... I've done decisions in ministry and, and, you know, whether it was going into pastoral ministry or even when we moved from Hereford Road into town, you have like, you know, I think the most I ever got was like a 75% yeah. surety. Yeah. And then the yeah. Lord says, you got to trust me. Yeah. And I think that's an important aspect yeah. that we're all trusting him. Yeah. So true. So true. Like even when we got there, 
uh, we, we didn't really have a place to stay. We had a, a missionary uh, couple that we knew through another couple. They were leaving their house for three months. So we uh, stepped in and then there was gonna be an outreach team sent. Uh, so we arrived in September. The outreach was gonna come in December yeah. and we didn't get our apartment until the end of November. But we mm. didn't know when we were going to get our apartment. We were looking every day, yeah. all day long, because there was no internet. <laughs> and so we're just looking every day for an apartment. Mm. And we had no idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was that step of faith where you go mm. and you can't look before you get there because yeah. there's no internet. Yeah. And <clears throat> You know. I mean, they did have services for expats where, you know, if you have a ton of money and then you just give them a yeah. ton of money and they find it for you. But yeah. that wasn't our case. <laughs> you didn't have a ton of money? No. I know. It's, I know right? it, it seems like we do, right. but we don't. Right. Well, and I think people think that, you know, we get in a position and they look and they, you know, like I jokingly, you always wanted to be a missionary since birth. And, you know, I think it's important that people need to understand you're never going to have 100% yeah. confirmation. Yeah. You have to take steps of faith. Yeah. And you have to trust the Lord. And even further on as you walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So you get to Paris. How's your French by the time you get to Paris? Great. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Doing okay speaking? Yeah. yeah. Like I teach in French. Mike yeah. teaches in French. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, at yeah. adult levels. Yeah. Okay, good. Literacy. Yeah. Mm. So, so you get to Paris. Plant the church and immediately it grew to five or six Amazing. thousand. Oh, of thousands course. Yeah. And thousands. <laughs> thousands yeah. and thousands. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, you know, I think the biggest our church ever got was 50 people yeah. uh, pre COVID. And um, that's the average French church is somewhere between 25 and 30, honestly. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Mm. But that's why you have your plan with the. Deacons and the elders. Yes, and so it's true. Like where we're at now is I've, um, I've been, uh, I've kind of revamped a, a little bit of, of, of what we do. For a while I, I was really, I just had this dream of, um, you know, planting a Calvary Chapel Bible College, you know, kind of thing. And I thought that that would be um, more instrumental to church growth. But it, it, I realized through that that wasn't really what, um, what the Lord wanted for us, but something a lot more homegrown, you know. Um, a bit inspired by what you guys do in your, you know, your, your school of ministry. And so I uh, took a program from the Calvary Chapel Church Planning Network and uh, began um, training our deacons uh, to become elders. And then I picked it back up again and now I've uh, developed a plan where I have uh, that to train deacons and then a new uh, program for training elders. But the elders, what I want to do, it's a two-year program, and we've done the first year together so that they can actually become more pastors. Mm -hmm. And the idea is uh, from rebuilding through um, after COVID, we'd like to go back to two services so that we can take one of those services and attach them with an elder and have them go plant another church. So. Right, cool. So that's kind of a goal of prayer. Yes. And then uh, 
we're getting close here, so how can we pray? What's, what's the, the big agenda going on right now? So the big agenda, I think our biggest need as a church right now is something that we've just been hitting our heads for years on, is, is we just need a, a facility that's, that's ours. Uh, we've, you know, we're very creative and we share facilities, but it's, you know, it's something that's needed for children's ministry, for youth, for counseling, you know, not just Sundays, and also to have a good presence in the neighborhood, uh, because a lot of evangelism happens on a more personal basis, uh, especially after pre-COVID. And that has become our, uh, we just realized, you know, one day talking with the elders. But uh, I think the reason why it may have taken us so long to just come to that conclusion is because real estate is extremely expensive. Um, and I mean, just, just like in New York, you know, or, or Los Angeles for that matter, it's just, it's, it's out of, it's astronomical. So we've begun uh, praying and we're just basically gearing up and waiting for some sort of miracle. You know, we have, uh, we have connections with people that can do uh, work. We have an architect that goes to the church, you know, the Lord's, you know, he's, he's got um, a good team. We just need somebody to give us a building. So go ask for one. I know. Oh, right? That's it. Yes. <laughs> I know. And I shared when, when I always had a desire when we're on Hereford Road to move into town. And I used to drive around service. If I saw an empty building, I'd take down a number and call them and ask them for it. Mm. And, it's smart. You know, it is, my yeah. Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. That's yeah. right. So I would ask and get rejected yeah. every time. Robert <laughs> Furrow asked me to please stop that I was embarrassing him. And I said, you're in Tucson. Don't worry about it. You're fine. But, you know, the, and then, and then uh, you know, sometimes we... Again, take that step of faith. I, okay. I remember listening to Pastor Chuck saying he spent money on a bill on a land and went, what did I just do? Mm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's that. So we'll pray for that. Thank you. You know, I know for us, we've had steps when we bought this property and, and stuff. And, and so, and what seems impossible can become possible. That's mm. true. We were told by several people we would never get this piece of property. We were next door wanted this, it was state land, and they said, that's never gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Ah, and here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. <laughs> so, we pray for you guys that Thank way. You. Thank and, you. And uh, pray that God will bless you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And, Thank you for uh, having us. Hopefully someone was touched. You know, maybe God's calling you to the mission field and you can, hey, you can take a step of faith. Now you have faces, you guys, now you know these guys, and you can remember to pray for them, and uh, just, uh, feel more connected. I mean, they're part of our church. Mm-hmm. They have been for 24 years, so yeah. they're part of us, and uh, I love them a lot. I'm yeah. glad. Thank you guys so yeah. much yeah. for Thank coming you. and sharing with us and, and being with us. What a blessing. All right? Let's right. stand up and pray. I want to pray for you guys. Come over here. I get between you. So let's pray. Father, we do uh, thank you so much for uh, Mike and Becky, thank you for their love for you and just, God, their desire to uh, serve you, to make you known uh, wherever they're at. And thank you, God, for the ministry there in Paris. And, and, Lord, we just pray that they would continue to shine brightly, that you would use them mightily. And, Lord, I pray, I pray that, God, as they uh, travel and, and go home, that you would keep them safe. We, 
We pray for uh, just you to open up a door. How cool it would be to go back and somebody's found a building that, that they could get into. So, Lord, I, I pray that you'd open that way, make a way when it seems like there's no way. We know you can do that. And, and so open up doors, bless them, work mightily, and, and uh, thank you once again for bringing them to our fellowship and, and letting us uh, learn and share with them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.